Yo, hello everyone. I'm Khalif. And this is Jamise. Welcome to Friendly Fire. Episode 2. Oh yeah, I love sequels. <laughs> well, there's going to be hopefully more than just a sequel. Well, you know, an ongoing saga. And actually saga. it's not a sequel because we're talking about a whole new topic today. But we're still the main characters. We'll always be the main characters. <laughs> so it's the month of February, so it is the month of... Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to use the word I used last week or the the previous show. What word? Hot topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe it's not that much of a hot topic, but this has been an ongoing conversation now in society. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Talking about Big Love. Oh yeah, there actually was a TV show called Big Love at one point. I know but that was a different kind of Big Love. What type of love was that? Uh, polygamy. One guy, several wives. One guy, several wives. Mm-hmm. Well, what type of love are we talking about today? Ooh, we're talking about polyamory. Polyamory. Mm. It's a little bit different. It's a little different. Yeah. Mm. Well, for the for the people at home, what is polygamy? Polygamy. Yes. Where one person can be married to several others. Yeah, several spouses. Several spouses. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which, in a lot of cultures, is perfectly acceptable. Not tripping about it. I'm just, you know, (laughs) how many people are going to tell you to put the toilet seat down? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe if he's smart, he'll have his own separate house and toilet. Nah, I just want a urinal. Well, there you go. <laughs> so maybe that's how it works out. Oh, yeah, but today we're talking about big love. And I have an interesting question. So today, or a few days ago on CNN, I read this article. And it brought the question to my mind, can someone be in love with more than one person at the same time? Some people would argue yes. And I would argue absolutely. What? Yeah, why not? What do you mean? You can be in love with more than one person. Oh, no, All no, no. Wait, of wait, us wait, wait. love more than one person. Wait, 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 wait. Choke on you. Choke on you. Hold up. Stop the presses. What? What do you mean what? Honey, you love I don't know how many people. I can't even count them. No, 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 no. I guess I need to clarify. I think you should. Because, okay, I love my mother. Yes, I know. I love <laughs> my nieces. Oh, does he ever? And my nephew, when he comes around and don't think I'm weird. Okay. <laughs> and my sister. So let's just put it all together. Family. I love family. Mm-hmm. I love my friends. Of course. But I'm in love with my wife. Oh, I see. So I'm talking about not like, oh, the willy-nilly of my dog I love. Hey, let's not underscore the how much we love our dog. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I love my dog. I love... My friends, I love my family, mm-hmm. but I'm only in love with a person. One person. I got gotcha. you. So, so like that overwhelming, crazy, committed, give my heart and soul to that one other person. You're taking it a little far. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's more like a devoted, not like ownership, more yeah. like... I'm trying, I'm, I want someone in my corner who will be there for me and I will definitely promise to be there for them. That sounds like anything else. But, okay, before we get too cheesy about this, let's discuss that CNN article. Well, I was just going to say something, but this is family friendly. 
or family friendly ish. I like to think. I think so. we've been too friendly. We're overly friendly. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, long story short, this article that you can find written by doesn't matter. He's written by. It's on CNN Money. Well, What's I mean, it called? Oh, I have a fiance, two boyfriends, and a girlfriend. Whoa. That I sounds know. like a lot of romantic partners. That's a that's really big love. Oh yeah. Man, she must be tired. I would be. No kidding. Man, I got enough energy for one, and I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the article sorry, I need to correct myself. I have a fiance, a girlfriend, and two boyfriends. So and it's written by Lori Siegel on CNN Money, and it's about a young software developer named Miju Han. She's her and her fiance are in a hierarchical polyamorous relationship. Okay. Now, I did say her and her fiance, they are getting married. Yes. But she does have Eventually. a boyfriend. She, well, two boyfriends. Two boyfriends. One that she hangs out with, maybe when her and her husband fiance are not hanging out. Maybe. One that she said that she sees once a month. A regular basis. And this girl. Like getting your oil changed. <laughs> and this. <laughs> right. Test that dipstick. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> um, and so, and, and a girlfriend that she says that she shared the same love for. And they've recently told each other, her and I girlfriend. I love you. I love you. So, which, because she says she loves her girlfriend. She loves her fiance. And I guess she gets down with the other two. I'm sure she has feelings for them. That I still, I want to pose the question to everyone out there who's listening also. Can someone be in love with more than one person at the same time? Not anyone can love anyone. A large so, amount whoa, of people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying you don't believe Miss Han when she says that she's in love with these four people? Oh, that's a tough one. Without sounding like I'm being a little biased? Oh, honey, you're always biased. Well, that's true. That's why I can't go into politics. Right. Actually, no, I think I'll be a great politician. Oh, let's not go there. But um, <clears throat> I, be I, believe she has a I believe she has affection for these, but I think she only loves her fiancé. But she Probably, loves the freedom. She's, she's choosing to marry that guy. She's choosing to marry. And, when and you she's listen, from California. She could marry her girlfriend if she wanted to. She could. But she's well, one of the marrying. other boyfriends. True that, too. And if she's in San Francisco, she can walk down the street naked. Uh, it's off topic. No, but you know, she's not. I didn't see her do that in the video. Of course not. It's CNN. True that, true that. So now you want to see her naked? No, not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But yeah, so basically, so as she's talking about how every time she mentioned that the partners, her fiance is first. Right. That's why it's hierarchical. Yeah. Because fiance's at the top. Yeah. I gotcha. So, and then she mentions the two other side strudels. And then she mentions the lady she loves. Okay. But why did she... Get, how did she find herself in a relationship like this to begin with? The article doesn't really express that. It does. Something about her personality lends her to her. Oh, kind of yeah. She said that ever since she was young, she's never been a young lady who colored inside the lines. So she was a creative type. Yeah, creative. And I love creative people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm into music. Into freedom. Yeah, but my... Self-expression. 
pushing boundaries. <laughs> yeah, being a software developer, you have to figure out how to make life better. Right. And supposedly making life better is not being locked into one monogamous relationship. I mean, but definitely her fiance is dating, uh, I mean, in other relationships also. Yes. So I, I mean, guess that's why fair. it works. It is. I mean, <laughs> she got two boyfriends and a girlfriend. What's the old saying? If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Oh, most definitely. All right. So fair is fair. So, but the one thing that really caught my attention with the article was that there's a young man named Chris Messina who mentioned that why we're a very data-driven culture, so you're trying to build a product to draw an analogy, and it's failing 50% of the time. You might want to consider the design and think about ways of improving it. I'm trying to figure out what is he referring to with this 50%. Well, first of all, he is actually correct. If I was, if I was making something that didn't work 50% of the time, let's say, for example, my iPod. Okay. If it didn't work 50% of the time, it'd be pretty much trash, right? It'd be an expensive paperweight. We definitely have to improve it so it would work almost 100% of the time, if not 100%. True. I settle for 100 but right now 90 But he's mentioned 50% because he's talking about the American divorce rate. And what is that? What is the American divorce rate? They say it's 50%. Well, what is it? What is it actually? Uh, it's actually hard to place that. But the, this is the most widely quoted statistic on divorce, and it's completely wrong. How is it completely wrong? What do you mean, how is it completely wrong? It just is wrong. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, where did this number come from? Well, here's what happened, and you're probably going to laugh. This is how smart all these PhD geniuses are. Well, in the year 1981, 2.4 million people got married. Okay, I'm following you. And 1.2 million people got divorced. Well, isn't that 50%? Mm, if you look at just that, if you say, oh, in one year, 2.4 million people were married. And right. about half of that number got divorced. True Doesn't that. that mean that half of those marriages ended in divorce? Not necessarily, I guess. Right. Well, who are all these people that got divorced? Well, they obviously did not get married in 1981. They obviously were married before 1981. They were getting divorced in 1981. To quote some of my friends, Ginger? <laughs> I know, right? So this, but we keep this percentage to keep people scared and make them think that we're in some kind of marital crisis situation in the States, when actually it's more like 10%. Mm. I mean, and so one of the biggest things that I thought of was that and I've said this, I've had arguments with friends, count, well, an old buddy of mine, mm -hmm. we've argued this for 10 years, and mm -hmm. I would still say, the problem is, we as people are freaking selfish. <sighs> Humans are selfish and jealous and possessive at times, but marriage isn't about that, though. Well, what is it about? It's about finding someone you want to spend the rest of your life with and you share common interests and goals. And there's security in that. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten married if I thought I didn't have anyone in my corner. <laughs> right. We don't want to be opposing forces. But 
I just wish people would stop quoting this because they make it sound like, oh, why even bother? 50% you're going to be divorced, which isn't true. Maybe 10% of us will have to walk down that aisle for a second time, but most of us are going to make it through. But, and one of the things is anthropologists, they interviewed, the, I forgot her name, and I can't really bring it up. It didn't mention it okay. again in the article. But she mentioned about how she's been studying this for like decades. Studying what exactly? Polyamory. Polyamory? It's yeah. been around for decades? Oh, a lot longer. Wow. I mean, this is old school stuff. Mm. People like to get the freaky deaky. I get the freaky deaky, but I would really call it dating, right? That's what I thought it was. Isn't it okay to date more than one person? I mean, what was that song? My mama told me you better shop around. Right, shop around. <laughs> I mean, because think about it. In this situation that Miju Han is in, she sounds like she's in a situation where, oh, I have a fiance, but I'm going to keep looking. Or not keep looking, but I'm going to meet these people if I, you know, if I, I feel a little groove. I I'm feel gonna, a little tingle in my bottom. I'm going to respond to my animal nature. Yeah, but... Without hurting the person that I love the most was my fiance because we already agreed this was okay. But my thing is this. What happens if the freaky deaky is uh-huh. really good? And then you really like this other person because of what they do, which might be, I don't want to say better than the person that you're with, uh-huh. but just you feel a better connection with that other person. It's possible. What happens? Do you just keep this other person around while you're waiting for them to come? I don't know. And that's the part that I was trying to figure out. And especially what this anth- uh, sorry, anthropologist said. Yes. Most polyamorous relationships are destined to fail. Actually, I think she was really clear about never having witnessed one that worked long term. Actually, she did say that. And mm. that's not us. That's a woman with a PhD. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, but I think it would be hard to sustain that many relationships. I mean, think about how many friends that we have had growing up. True. I mean, I've had a a ton of friends, but I can really count the ones who are still by my side on one hand. Most people have about two, three, maybe four really super close friends. And outside of that, it's just too much. Yeah, so I I think it sounds like a very great idea in the beginning, but I think it would be very hard to sustain because what I've always personally seen in dating history, mm-hmm. everyone's cool in the beginning. Of course. But what happens when the game changes? How could the game change? Well, one person feels like they're not getting enough time. Yeah. You or might what be if okay. In her situation, that guy she only sees once a month, what if he moves into her neighborhood and then they could see each other more than once a month i think that would cause problems right i don't know i don't know but i wish miss mijuhan much luck and success of course as always as always but um there was some feedback on cnn I love what people have to say about this because this can be a touchy subject for some, especially people who have been cheated on. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. My favorite one was Bite Me, (laughs) 9990. Uh Uh-huh. And what did Bite Me have to say? (laughs) First, I love his name. Uh, His or her name. We're not sure. It doesn't have a picture. Mm -hmm. But they mentioned the problem is today culture and got to have it now. Oops, don't got it, so got to throw it away and try it another way of thinking today. No one said marriage is a cakewalk. 
but it reward but its rewards are indescribable. It's a longer f- statement than that, but it goes into this fact of talking about marriage, monogamy, the fifty percent that's failing, it's not failing, and it's just it's the individuals in the monogamous relationship. Right, because there isn't really anything wrong with monogamy and marriage. Another person. Team Ski, a simply destructive, self-centered approach to relationships. Humans don't like competition, period. Mm. But I'm trying to, what were some of those cats that were really for it? Actually, it didn't seem like anyone was really for it, but they could understand it. And I mean, I could definitely understand it. When I was a young, when I was a strapping young lad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Sorry, this isn't an Al Bundy moment. I'm not talking about four touchdowns in one game. Um, but a long time ago, when I was dating, I did date a lot. And I had multiple people that I would date. Mm-hmm. But everyone knew that so I was you dating. you were a slut. Oh, a slut puppy. I'm kidding. Just because you date a lot of people does not make you that. But I think I know, that some people believe it so they create this polyamory as a thing like no i'm not just dating or sleeping around i'm actually in, in relationships. relationships with these people which you know for me i'm like whatever just keep it safe i'm gonna do me and you're gonna do you right keep it safe don't hurt nobody exactly so and since this is the month of love we're talking about self-love not that type of self-love Oh, yes, we're not going to talk about that kind of self-love. You should already be well aware of that kind of (laughs) self-love. Well, what type of self-love are we talking about? It's the month of February, and it's also... So not only is it the month of love, it's also Black History Month. Wow. And we love our black people, don't we? Black people have contributed a lot to American culture, history, everything. The economy, I mean... Swag. Yes, we brought that swag. That Denzel walk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about, I mean, many jokes have been made about why the shortest month of the year is Black History Month. And you could be offended, right? Because what? (laughs) Honestly, I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, man, I was so mad. I thought everything was racist. Right? I mean... Well, not me. I'm just saying right in agreement with him. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't even know what racist was. Thank oh, I goodness. was militant. I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and I was like, I said, I'm a Laker, my brother. <laughs> I read Roots, but still. <laughs> okay, I was an angry young black guy. Sure. But, yeah, but I used to think, like, man, why is black history the shortest month? Is it because we're getting the short end of the stick? <laughs> it would feel like that, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, especially with what's happening in the news today. But that's another show. But since we love to educate you just like we're dealing with divorce rates, let's educate them on why February is Black History Month. Well, the story of Black History Month begins in 1915, half a century after the 13th Amendment abolished slavery in the United States. Okay, so really about 50 years after <laughs> the 13th Amendment. Dr. Sound a little formal. Oh, that's okay. Well, that September, the Harvard-trained historian Carter G. Woodson and the prominent minister Jesse E. Moreland... Did you hear that? A Harvard-trained brother, amen, in 1915. Mm-hmm. We've been going to Harvard for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just the skull and bones. There you go. So, and so we had prominent minister Jesse E. Moreland founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, ASNLH. And what? 
Oh, never mind. <laughs> An organization dedicated to researching and promoting achievements by black Americans and other peoples of African descent. Our achievements. Promoting our achievements because we have a lot of achievements in case you didn't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So known today as the Association of, for the Study of African American Life and History, A-S-A-L-H, the group sponsored a National Negro History Week in 1926. Okay, so there was a National Negro History Week. Got it. A so, week. We had a week. Huh. Yeah, it started out just as a week. Just a week. 28 days were too much. So it was the second week of February. So, choosing from the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Ah, so that's why it's in February. Oh, yes. And so, of course, not to leave a short change. Instead of just having a week, they extend it to the entire month. And every president thereafter would recognize, and I said, the every president after would recognize that February was indeed Black History Month. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. I'm trying to get my southern preacher on. Why would it be a southern preacher? I don't know. I just, that's what I hear in my head. Anyways, <laughs> if you would like to start celebrating early, you can begin from Martin Luther King's birthday and continue all the way from there through February. Or we could just do it every day because black culture is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and black culture is not just 28 days of the year. It is 365 days. Swag all day, every day, <laughs> on the block. Thank you, Kevin Hart. So today, to conclude our episode, since we did mention Frederick Douglass, we'd like to talk more about him and another favorite in the black culture movement, Booker T. Washington. Mm. So please tell us about Mr. Douglass. You tell us about Mr. Douglass. You seem to like him a lot. You know my issues. Honestly. <laughs> The one thing I could tell you about Frederick, I love his quote, without struggle, there is no progress. Oh, that's true. And also because his plan for the black people of his day was that we could stop looking at black people as if we're lower class citizens. We can compete with white America. Mm -hmm. But one of my... Also, favorite heroes, Mr. Booker T. Washington, felt he was he felt that we needed time to we needed time to move on and time to build up skills so then our kids could actually move on. So basically, Douglas went to happen a lot faster. Washington said, "Let's first build up our communities and then we can compete." Yeah, it's kind of thing about like first, um, what was that like immigrant kid, immigrant families and their kids, first generation being first born. First generation, true. Parents have skills, maybe technical, not technical skills, but you know like hard labor, mm -hmm. physical, manual labor skills. Right. So what they do, we watched this documentary not too long ago about this one family that they were uh, fruit farmers. Oh yes, fruit pickers down in Florida. And they would pick oranges and then. They worked hard. They didn't have the best of circumstances, but they loved each other. And with the skills that the parents had, they would use that to send their firstborn son to college who wanted to be a lawyer. Yes, that's the immigration discussion to, dis to talk about later. But basically, that is kind of like what it was like for freed slaves. Is this basically like you're kind of an immigrant, a first generation, because you've never been free before. So that generation has to build up 
and then help their children and then the grandchildren and so it kind of trickles down but it takes a lot longer it, it did but booker t had the right of mind to say this but frederick being very well educated mm-hmm. felt that no 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 time is needed we can do it now and with these two type of leaders of back in the day although their ideologies clashed were great foundations of the black community of course absolutely so just to finish off with a little fun tidbit about black americans do you happen to know what is the number one last name for black americans no it has to be jackson You'd think, wouldn't you? I would think, you know how many Jacksons I've met in my life? Were all of them black? Okay. (laughs) All right, well, since you did mention our most beloved brother, Denzel Washington, I must say that Washington is the most common black name. Wow, why Washington? They didn't really have a reason. They just said that it was a name that free blacks just started picking. I think maybe because it was so well known. Hmm. I don't know. I read this other article based on that, and it was talking about how it tried to, maybe they were trying to tie in the fact that George Washington was like, the helped free the country from bondage of Britain. So they took the last name as symbolism. Oh, I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. Uh, I I thought it was a nice tie. I thought it was a nice tie into it. But it is interesting because, of course, Booker T., he chose the last name of Washington, Washington. just like many black Americans did post-slavery. So that concludes it for today. Well, stay tuned to our next, next episode. I hope, I thank you all for joining in. I'm Khalif. And I'm Jameis. And this is Friendly Fire. Have a good day, y'all.